Mark, John, this is our last virtual podcast of the series. And John, thank you for turning up this week. You, you know, so, someone told me that this is the 11th episode that we've all been together. It's been 11 episodes where it's, it's yeah. taken. Oh, I don't know There's where you've of, been, but you're a back. Lot of, a, lot of, a lot of water under the bridge, Will, isn't there? And I've thought long and hard about whether to come back, but I'm I'm, I'm back nonetheless. <laughs> Mark, Maybe you just turn best. up just like a loyal a loyal poodle. You're just alongside me all along, which is why I love you and admire you. Um, and look, this week we are joined by boxing royalty, Mr. Tony Belly. Thank you so much for coming on out of your league. How are you, mate? Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. I've heard some really strange innuendos here. I've heard David Seaman. <laughs> I've heard long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> many things that I'm not worried. Right. Yeah, some crazy innuendos right. going on here, but don't worry. Listen, it's not that kind of party yet, but you know, I'm sure we can get there. <laughs> oh, mate, it'll get. We'll get there. It gets worse. Trust me. Um, but look, Tony, you're you're an expert podcaster, mate. You've got your own podcast on BBC Sounds. I want to start with that. Tony Bellew is angry, but you've had some some brilliant guests on there, haven't you? Ricky Gervais. What was he like? Oh, mate, he was amazing. Someone who I've uh, paid me hard-earned money to watch over the years. <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, I was amazed he actually knew who I was. I'm not going to lie. Uh, when I messaged him through social media because the agents were not getting through to anywhere at all, I just thought, I'll just try my arm. He follows me on social media. It's probably not him. He's got someone looking after it for him. Lo and behold, it was only him, wasn't it? And I thought, oh, my word. Uh, and he said, yeah, when I finished Afterlife 3, I'll do it. And uh, we've done it, mate, and I was just listening to him in awe, if I'm being totally honest, mate. I'm, uh, I'm just a normal lad from Liverpool, and, and I can't believe I'm speaking to the likes of him, who's tore the back out of absolute Hollywood superstars on the red carpet. <laughs> on the red carpet, he's fantastic, he's great. So look, Tony, look, you don't, you don't claim to be a, a professor of rugby league, and this isn't us trying to test you, but when I say, <laughs> yeah. when I say the words rugby league can, to you, from the boy who grew we, up in Liverpool... Can we test him, Will? Please, yeah, we test him. Please. We can. Go on, you, you do the first Please question, John. Tony, this brings us on to the first part. It's a rugby league okay. quiz. Okay, right. oh no. I'm, jo- I'm fucking joking. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, in, I'm just intrigued. Christ, as to, when, yeah, when I say, <laughs> <laughs> Tony, when I say rugby league to you, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? What do you think of when you think of that sport? Of rugby league? Mm. Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. I've been watching my son play rugby union solid. Now, I was trying to work out what's the pros and cons of both. Uh, when I think of rugby league, I think... I don't know if this is going to be good or bad. Jesus Christ. I think Tommy Makinson. Oh, it doesn't have to be good. Tommy, Tommy Makinson, okay. Tommy will be happy with that. He'll be happy with that. <laughs> I think he's the first name that comes to mind, to be fair. Uh, I, 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 I think I, Tony Belly would have made a fantastic rugby league player, Mark, don't you? Mate, I'm angry. I just love to Definitely. smash everything, mate. I'd want to when yeah. I fight, I'd want to kill the world. But but in your in your boxing career, you must have had that anger. But then you've had to curtail it a little bit and just focus on your craft and maybe just pull back the anger a little bit, which is quite you know a skill what? in itself, isn't it? Do you know what, mate? When I was fighting, I was never angry when I fought because if I ever got in the ring yeah. angry, I'd just get punched all over the place and I'd never be able mm. to react or. Or, or box to a plan. So I never got in the ring angry, to be fair. And no one ever really wound me up. My anger comes when it's just day-to-day stuff when I'm in the car and I've got fellas <laughs> telling me, get out, let's have it. Uh, trying, trying to find petrol. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of arguments this week over that. Uh, 
Oh, basically, <laughs> just my wife, because you know, I you can't win, can you? There, you just just. Just no, you're arguing, never it's just pointless, and you can't win, so then you end up just punching a door or something like that, or and that never goes down well because there's only one winner there, and it's the door. Uh, so yeah, yeah. anger. Is where, just... where does that come from, Tony? From you? Because I mean, look, we, what, what we did say before, and I'll let I'll let everyone into the secret because Mark and John kind of found it quite funny. I said, um, Tony, how you doing, mate? You know, we've done a few fights together, ringside, five live. You know, we've probably been for a few drinks. Me, you, Costello, Bunty didn't remember me, which is more embarrassing for me than you. But um, look. <laughs> I, I've asked really, you this question. Really, no, 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 no. It's not more. It's really embarrassing for you. Really, really, really embarrassing. Because, but I've because asked, not I, only did I, you... No, you said to us before we came on, I know Tony Bell, you, me and Tony. Did I fight? Yeah, we could go way back. And then you were like... Did I okay. fight? All right, but then when, when we came on air, you had to say every single instance you'd met him. Oh, so stop. 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 Tony Wilkins, the wind-up merchant. Don't listen to what he says. Look, take because I, I have asked you, and I can't remember the answer to it because you know the first the first time I laid my eyes on you, Tony, I not only fell in love with you, but it was a long, long time ago, and you were a young lad. And I remember your press conferences um, before fights, oh, no. and this was well before the big, big stage. But you'll remember them as well. And I think a few of them were in that Hilton Hotel in Liverpool, and um, yep. and you used to turn the tables upside down, and you used to, and it turned into some sort of Conor McGregor before Conor McGregor was cool, kind of pre pre fight deal. So where where did all that come from? But and, and go back to like what your childhood was like in in, in Liverpool, and, and kind of the the reason for all this this anger that was there initially. Uh, well, first of all, th- th- them kind of things never happened because of anger. Them kind of things happened because I understood what people wanted when they tune into boxing. I, I'm no one's fool. I always was quite alert before I turned professional. It's all well and good being really good at your sports. You know, you can be a really good boxer and, and have good skills and nice, but in all fact and true honesty, no one gives a shit. People want to turn up and see two fellas who want to kill each other. Yeah, they don't want to see two fellas shake hands and go, may the best man win, this is going to be great. They want to see two fellas slap each other at a press conference, throw a drink at someone, pick a table, whatever. You want to see them shout. They want to see someone who they can relate to. That's what people want in my day-to-day life. They don't want to see two fellas who look like they've been carved out of stone. They're speaking really nice to each other, and it's just a sport. People want to go, right, he could be my next-door neighbour, and I'm going to be him. I want to smash his face in, and he wants to smash his face in. That's what draws attention. I got that from an early age. I just knew it. I was doing it as an amateur boxer. I'd done it as a professional. Uh, My press conferences... I never ever thought them out. I never planned anything. I just went with the flow. And, you know, these lads will know <clears throat> that when you've been, when you've got a dressing room environment and dressing room banter, nothing gets the better of you. Like, I can be thrown into any situation. I've grew up in football dressing rooms, boxing dressing rooms. People will tear the back out of you. And if you just take it and take it and take it and don't respond, you will just become literally a victim. And I was never going to be anyone's victim. So I was always super alert to banter, whatever. You can call me anything. And I promise you, I will bounce back with something immediately. Uh, it's just, it's the way it goes with dressing rooms and banter. And, and that's where it all basically stemmed from. The football dressing rooms as an amateur footballer. The boxing dressing rooms. Where you grow up as a kid. Uh, you either fight or you survive. It's just as simple as that. It's just and being from Liverpool, I've always looked at two ways to go. 
you're either good at telling jokes or you're good at having a fight. You better be good at one of them. Because <laughs> if you're not good at none of them, you're absolutely fucked. <laughs> where, Thankfully where, for where me, I was all right after that fight. <laughs> well, where, where Tony, I, what I was interested in like when mm. when I knew you were coming on was the the distinction between where that stops and where the actual practicalities of being a boxer starts. So you've got like this, right? There's this fucking showbiz element to boxing now, like the, yeah. the preparation, the hype. And all that, which is which is kind of your duty. You're an entertainer, right? But yeah. then there's a point at which that stops, and there's a practicality of shit. Right, I've got a fucking box here. Mm. Like, where where does that happen? And does it happen quickly, or does it? Are you are you aware of it all the way through that process? Do you know what? I, I never ever switched off in twenty in in twenty years of fighting from it. I just I lived it and. What I will say is I'm a completely different person when I'm in the circus. That's what I used to call it, the boxing environment and being around the lunatics and the maniacs. And everyone expects me to just perform. Whenever I came out and I'm in that boxing environment, I'm just expected to perform, whether it's a press conference, whether it's a training session, whether it's a fight or, 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 a, or just any way, shape or form. There, It's when I came home, I would switch off. And I, I said this in, in previous interviews, I said, Tony Bellew is someone who I, I never felt like it was me because it's definitely not me when I come home to this house because I'm trod on by everyone, mate. Listen, in my house, I come about sixth. There's <laughs> my wife comes first, uh, my kids, all the four kids come next, then the dog comes next, and then it's me. And just to inform <laughs> you, we haven't even got a fucking dog. So. Somebody's dog. Whose dog is it? Dog. Mate, it's just uh, so I'm completely different in this house than I am in day to day life. But it's hard to separate them things, especially when you've played this. I don't want to say played this role because I didn't. I was just being me through my whole career. But I was more than happy to play the villain when it was time to be the villain. I was more than happy into press conferences and in fight build-ups, but then I was more than happy for the people to come in and see me actual life. And that's when it changed for me, really. When I was playing the villain and when I was playing the bad guy and, and the, the mouthy scouser and the kid who's not very well-educated, but he'll fight at anyone and he'll swear on live TV, call someone a fucking rat live on Sky Sports News, which didn't go down <laughs> too well. Uh, <laughs> I was happy to play that role, but then it's only when these people came into my life as my career progressed and it started getting higher and higher, where people from the outside looking in thought, do you know what, he's actually not hes not a wanker, he's actually all right, he's not that bad. And it, it takes time to build up and then obviously, you know, you stop and, and I wake up one Sunday morning and it's all over. I've been punching people in the face for 20 years, they've been punching me in the face for 20 years. I wake up on Sunday... Uh, in November 2018 and I just don't do it no more I'm no longer a boxer and that's where you struggle to, to this I don't want to say my life was just boxing for all for 20 years it came first boxing came before me kids it came before my wife it came before anything when I was training when I was getting ready for fights it was the most important thing in the world which is kind of embarrassing and sad to say now but it was just the way I was I was so driven I was just so determined. I had to become world champion. It was the only thing that meant anything to me. Uh, and as I say, it's only looking back now. I'm embarrassed and, and a little bit ashamed, really. But people always say to me, oh, Tony, you've done it for your kids. You've done it for your wife. Listen, mate, 
I didn't do it for my wife and kids. I didn't. I done it for me, because see, when I was walking in that gym at 14, 15, 16, I had that dream before they were ever here. Before they why were ever around. Why are you ashamed of that, Tony? Dream. Say that again, mate. Why, why? Why? Why are you ashamed of that? I'm interested. Because you know, it, it's it's just. Upon having kids, yes, I did change. My mentality changed an awful lot, but it still never put it, put it before boxing. And and nothing should ever come before your family because it's only now that I've finished and I've come away from it that they should have always been the most important thing. But they weren't. And I, and I would there'd be times when I come home and I can res I can resonate with that a little bit though. I think when you play sport, you've got to do it for yourself because if I someone says to me, "Oh, you play for your family," but if my family didn't want me to play, then what's the point? You've got to have that inner drive to, to reach the heights you've got to get to. And I, I know yeah. what you're saying there with you need to love your family and look after them. And mm. yeah, I could probably, maybe some some thoughts of regret, but I think you've got to be very selfish to get to where you've got to go and get you the know, best outings. That, that's what I was selfish. That's the best way to, I was selfish. But you know, like when we you come home and the missus goes, right, it's paid this evening. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm in training camp. You know, that's not my problem. It's not my issue. Or I'm taking the kids to a birthday party this weekend and can you do this? No, I'm tired because I've trained my bollocks off all week, being punched all over the place. I've got to lose weight. Uh, nothing else important. And I, and I would, it's only now when I look back, at the time when I was doing it, it was like, you should know better. I'd be kind of, after them feelings to, and she shouldn't have even asked me and put me in this position. But, but you Tony, know. would you have got to that position? Would you have got to those heights had you not been selfish? No. That's the point, no, isn't it? I, you know, you no. would you would you have got to that level that you got to? Not a chance. I wouldn't have got anywhere near as far as I got. For someone like me, I'm an overachiever because you see, I'm not athletically gifted. I was never a good athlete. At 15 years old, I was 15 stone. I was a fat mess. Uh, I was working nightclub doors uh, from a young age. I was fighting with grown men. Uh, my first shift as a security guard on a DJ box, it was a 15 year, 15 years old. <laughs> uh, Only in Liverpool, that, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, st I was stopping people getting into the DJ box at the 051. You were probably too young to know yeah. the 051, but the nah, 051 nah, was nah, a tough not. rough. We're, we're as old enough nah, as you, mate. A tough, rough-ass club. Not. Well, you just look fucking younger than me. He's had really easy paper rounds. <laughs> it was one or the other boys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was working them, mate, and then from the ages of... 16 till I was 20 on and off working nightclub doors, yeah. At 21, maybe, yeah. And then I, I took a stint away, was boxing around the world for my country, doing okay. And then uh, I went back on the doors for the little bit just before the turn pro, and then it, it completely stopped altogether. My dad was someone who ran Liverpool's nightlife for many, many years. Uh, so I always wanted to impress him, but the way to impress my alpha was never going to be to come home with 10 GCSEs. It was to come home and say, my son can fight like fuck. Uh, and and that's what I've done to impress him, mate. He was just being being the best bulldog he's, you could possibly be. He's buzzing, mate. He was, mate. He was over. He's like <laughs> I, you couldn't meet a prouder dad. Mate. As soon as you meet my dad, it's like if I'm not there within thirty seconds, comes out of his mouth, he'll tell you his name, and they go, oh, "You related to uh, Tony Bell?" Because he's Tony Bell. You're the original, mate. I'm just a yeah, black version. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's me, lad. You know, you see him do that, you see him do this. And I'm like, fuck, I'm dad, no. <laughs> yeah, me, I, I love me, dad, man. I adore him. Class. But yeah, I'm happy. I'm, the one thing I can say, I made him proud.
Yeah, 100% you did. And and you made, I mean, you made Liverpool proud. You made the United Kingdom proud. I, I, don't, I don't buy into the narrative because I've heard you say that so many times. And you, and I think you used it and it's clever because you're a clever lad and you used it to your advantage. That whole kind of, look, I'm just a fat kid in this. I'm, you know, I'm overachieving. You played the kind of Sean Dyche card, didn't you? The equivalent of like little old Burnley in the Premier League. But you, you were a lot I, I, I better wish, than I you wish gave you did yourself me, credit. Honest to God, I am just that little fat fucker from Waverley <laughs> who was just so cheeky and never gave up. I am me, as I said that. If you just look through, it's in the media now. Anyway, like my school picture, I put it in social media a few years back, and people were like, "Wow, that could not possibly be you." Well, it was me. <laughs> and my head's about this big. My ass is even bigger again. I was just, I was just so driven. And the reason that I achieved everything that I achieved is because as a kid being expelled from school, no qualifications, nothing going for you. I just. I just want to prove everyone wrong. That's all my life's been about proving people wrong. People telling you you're going to amount to nothing. And, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, Tony, right. Right, okay, I'm going to take you back to that time, right? And, yeah. and you are athletic, right? You're a junior, yeah. you know, successful athlete. You, you, you know, yeah. you're from means. You've been successful. Yeah. You know, everything's going right. You've got your GCSEs, but you're still the same wow. person. Would you... I've got it done. Would, did, would, would you I, would have, I have thought if I'd have come out of school? Would you, yeah. No, I'm saying if, if you had all those things at your disposal, yeah. like, you know, you're saying all the things, what you said, the reasons why you were hungry yeah. is, you know, you, you know, I was, I was, I was overweight. Maybe I wanted to prove something. I was from a working yeah. class background. I need to scrap my way out of it. Well, let's yeah. take all those things out of it. Would you yeah. have got it done? And, and and how do people Ooh, who are from wow. that background get it done? How I've, do they I, get it done? I, I struggled with with kids that come from privilege and and doing it well. Well, in boxing, I only know of of a handful over the years, and and even they don't come from privilege. Well, I know one kid right now comes from privilege, and he's flying the flag really well. His name's Connor Ben. That kid comes from privilege. That kid has had the best upbringing in, in the most luxurious surroundings. But yeah, it's in him. With someone like me, if I'd have passed all the exams and I'd have been a really good athlete, I'd have 100% chose to play for Everton Football Club. I dreamed of playing for Everton Football Club as a football player. So that would have been my way, mate. It really would. Uh, but I literally, boxing was the only thing I was good at. And, and I said this, I've said this a couple of times, but I used to think I was thick growing up as a kid. I used to think I'm not the brightest because I wasn't good at school. Quite basically, school wasn't for me and school's not for a lot of people. Just because you fail at school doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're not going anywhere. That's a load of bollocks. Uh, but if it had have worked out for me, yes, it would have been a completely different story, but it didn't. And, and the reason it didn't is because when I look back now, I just didn't want to pay attention. When I when I, everything I done with boxing, I loved I loved studying it. I loved watching the greats. I put every bit of spare time and effort that I possibly had into it when I was expelled from school. I remember my friend saying to me, he also got expelled from school, by the way, and he says to me many years later, he's now a professor in Leeds. He's the he's a very high quality professor. Was expelled a couple of weeks before I was, just like me, but really good mates still. And he says to me, "You're not thick," and I said, well, "How can you tell me I'm not thick?" He said, "Because." I know you're not thick because look at how much you know about boxing. Look at how you can explain it to people, just normal everyday people. Look how you break down fights on the TV and the length and the depth you go into it. 
And I said, yeah, that's because I know it's the only thing I know. He says, it's not. He said, you took the time to study it. You took the time and put it in and put the effort in with it. That's why you're so wise and knowledgeable and clever at it. And I sat back and thought to myself, I didn't really tell him this to his face because I thought that means he's right. But I went away and thought, this fucking assholes, I've got a point here. If, if I would have put the time in. Now, I'm trying to get them, them, them that ethos across to my kids now. So I've got my youngest boy playing for Everton. My other boy plays rugby for Ormskirk. My eldest boy plays football. And I'm trying to get across, if you want to improve, nothing else can make you improve unless you put the work in and put the time in. And and I, me, me eight-year-old's just not having it. It's like, Dad, I'm not going to be good at kicking the ball. He's a brilliant goalkeeper, but I'm not going to be good at kicking the ball. I said, OK, I'll put it into a way where he can understand. See how good you are at Fortnite right now. And he goes, yeah, Dad, I'm the best. I kill everyone. I'm finishing the top three every time. I just spank them all. I said, well, how, how good was you when you first played it, son? He said, I wasn't even getting in the top 50, Dad. I was terrible. They were shooting me. They were killing me all the time. I said, so why are you good now? He said, because I've just got dead good, Dad. I'm brilliant, aren't I? I said, no, lad. You've played it for how many fucking hours a day? You're <laughs> exceptional at it because you've put the time in. So if you put the time into doing your football drills and your footwork, you'll get even better at that. Do you think so, Dad? I said, well, it worked in Fortnite, mate. It can't not work in football, can it? Just put the hours <laughs> in and you, you only get out what you put in. And that's the kind of thing you need to get across to the youth of today, mate. It really is. That's what I'm doing mate, with this. Mate, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a career to be had in Fortnite. Some, I heard on the, on the news the other day or... Some someone someone came second at the World Cup in Fortnite. Some British guy, he was nine years old, came second. He didn't even win it, and he, and he won nearly a million a million quid, nine hundred and fifty grand. Tell my kids that mate. Nine hundred and fifty grand. It was it was one of Tony's lads. It was Tony's lads. It was it was one of it is mate. He's paying rent. I'm telling you now. I won't keep whether he's nine or not. Lads, I want you ready. You've got bills to pay. Forget, hey, lad, forget about that goal kicks. Forget about kicking the ball. Stick to Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, I think I think a lot of the people, a lot of the people in the world who, uh, you know, not just the world of boxing, you know, but particularly people in the UK who, who don't want to like you, end up liking you because you speak so passionately about everything, and 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 you you put it into a great couple of sentences at the beginning of this because. You're, you're not an idiot and people may have well have just seen people who, do, who have no idea about boxing may well have just seen you at those press conferences you know trash talking before fights because you're selling tickets you know exactly what you're doing you know mm-hmm. and and they, they make a judgment on you um we, we've had loads of people talk about their mental health on this podcast and I think even when I sort of first met you and 10 years ago and 15 years ago there was a stigma about talking about that you know even you who you know you're not really ashamed of or shy of anything you wouldn't necessarily have gone there in a conversation when that final bell went in your career, what was life like for you um, and how difficult was it to get over the fact that you were never going to have those big flashy lights and people shouting your name again? Do you know what? That's that's not the part that I... Well, do you know what? I, mean? I was going to tell a lie then. It is the part I miss because I just love fighting. Uh, I don't miss the day-to-day shit in the gym. I don't miss the killing myself on treadmills and dieting. No, so yeah, that's the part I do miss, the bright lights and just smashing someone's face in. So that's the hardest part to let go of because that's what I've done for 20 years. That's what I've trained to build up to do and that's the the best part about it all. Uh, I'm not going to lie, mate, it's not easy. It's very, very hard and I still like to kid myself now at least once a week that I can do it again. Uh, And I see fights and because I'm still... Well, 
I went missing from that environment for a full 12 months. I didn't attend fights or didn't do much at all. The last 12 months I've been slowly but surely dragged back in and now I'm a full-time analyst at The Zone. So when it first stopped, I don't know. The best way of saying it, it just felt like a part of my life had died. And I had a plan. I always, you know, I got, my plan was to get to a certain financial position, which which I've far, far exceeded, thankfully. Uh get to a position where I can create some stability and a head start for my kids. Thankfully, once again, I exceeded that. So, because I'd exceeded them two benchmarks that I just stated then, I'd achieved all my goals. I'd been a British Commonwealth European world champion. I had no goals left to achieve. And it was just, I thought, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, what? what I haven't got a clue. And, and as I said, I did have a plan. My plan was to look after the property portfolio and make it work and do whatever it is you do. Keep telling yourself it's going to be enough. But I'm not going to lie to you, nothing ever fills the void. So I, I haven't got the answer if you're looking for that, for what did you do and how did you fill it. I just live day to day now, mate. I try and fill me days. Uh, well, I don't try and fill me days. They're all fucking full. I'm not going to lie. This is why I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I've four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> on a Monday night. <laughs> so, with three wankers you've never heard of before. <laughs> so, uh, I, I just try and fill me hours, lad. But I'm now, I'm now inundated with, with, with so much that I'm just trying to get things done. And as I say, I want to... I want to be a more productive part of my kids' lives. So tonight we we've had something to eat together. You know, even though I've been up the wall busy all day, we 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 sit down at the end of the day and we've spent time. And I, I know me like lockdown. I'm not gonna lie, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. This 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 fucking COVID thing, because I just stayed at home with my kids for eighteen months and it was fucking brilliant. Don't get me wrong, I haven't got a perfect household. No bastard has. Don't believe anything you see on social media. People's highlight reels are sprayed everywhere like everyone's life's great. It's not. It's a load of bollocks. Uh, where you wake up some days in the rooms, got shitty nappies in, or the fucking kids are boxing, punching each other's faces off, or your missus just on your ass to do something that basically you just don't want to do. I live the same life as everyone else. But what I'll say is... The M18 months were brilliant, so we were in a routine. She done the homeschooling, because can I fuck do that? Uh, <laughs> I done the cooking. I helped a little bit with the cleaning, but as I say, that time spent with them. I got to, my eldest lad's 16 now. Uh, I was getting to know him. I, I, I know my son. I know my children now. I know, the, I know the things they love doing. I know what they like. I know the jokes they like. I know the films we have. Now, that just sounds like the basic day-to-day thing. They're the things that I didn't have when I was fighting because I didn't show any interest. I just cared about fighting. And, and they're the things that I've been able to focus on since finishing. So while I still missed that part of me that fought and punched everyone's face in, it, it had to be let go of. It, it really doesn't. You've just got to prepare, I, I suppose, the best that you possibly can for the end. I tell fighters now, and they always ask me, especially ones coming near the end, and lads at Everton Football Club, as they've retired, I've stayed in touch and I speak to them because I was always in and around them and training and doing my physio and my recovery work with them. You see them as they retire and now they're coming to the age, and I speak to them and talk to them, and they've just, you've just got to have a plan. Don't just stop. The worst thing you can do is just stop like I did. I always thought... I just, well, I'm not. I just thought I can't wait to get fat. That's what I thought. I, that's, I'm not gonna lie. So I can't wait to just sit there, eat like fuck. Uh, can have a bevy with me mates whenever I feel like. I'm not even a drinker. I don't even like the taste of ale, so I don't even know why I thought that. 
But I just thought, having a laugh with the lads, do what I want, please myself. After six months, mate, that got boring. And I just be, and every time I looked in the mirror, I just got rounder and rounder and rounder. And uh, I just slowly but surely, mate, I was caving and caving. And then I done that fucking stupid, crazy SAS show. So which push? How was that? You know what, I mate? I, I've always that. admired lads in the military. I've always admired them because I just think they're the top. The, the dogs bollocks, aren't they? They're up there, they're just fucking killing the bad guys, and you're fucking doing this and doing that. And I just always admired them from afar. I'd, I'd read Aunt Middleton's book. Uh, I knew the old way. Not gonna lie, didn't really watch the show. Just thought I'll piss it. No one's gonna physically break me. You couldn't be any worse than I've had in my career. Went on the show thinking, in me, me small little tiny mind, that I'm going to go on this show and, and here's what happens, you know, they put you through hell in the day, you do a few physical fucking circuits and stuff like that, but then what happens is at 11 o'clock at night, they come in the room, they wake you up and go, right, come on guys, we go back to the hotel now and then you sleep here and then you come back here at 6 in the morning. <laughs> that first night I was there like a dummy, I was lying on this thing that they called a bed that was just a canvas with some metal sticks around it. And I was thinking... You're waiting for a tap on the yeah, shoulders. I swear to God, I was thinking yeah. they're going to come in any minute. I mean, it's been a long day. We've been drilled to the ground and circuits, sprints uphill, covered in mud, stink of cat piss, and I thought, they'll come in any minute and go, lads, come and we'll go in the hotel. No, no one came in. And, and me, night after night, I kept thinking to myself, they will come, they will come. And they never <laughs> they're came. They're not coming. Tony, Tony, they're not coming. They're not coming. <laughs> Mate, they never came. Uh, and, and they just fed me nothing for nine days. I went from a 36 waist to a 33 and a half waist in nine days. Uh, it was just stupid, mate. But you know what? I was in a really bad place where I was mentally. So that touches on your mental health a little bit. I hadn't long lost my brother-in-law. Uh, and me, me life was in turmoil. My wife was fucking just a mess. And... It was a really it triggered that really, stuff, yeah. Yeah, just that's the worst thing I've ever had happen in my life. And uh, that being there helped me figure out what I was supposed to do when I came home. And it, it, it let me see how, how shit my life was at that point and how that I just imploded. I, I, if I didn't do that show, I'm not going to lie, I'd have probably killed someone in the next six months, and it, whether it would have been... Well, was a, I, was a, I was about to ask you... Tony, who, what would a fight with you and Ant Middleton look like? I mean, obviously you'd batter him in a true boxing style, but I mean, I'm just intrigued as to what that fight was, was how it would play out. When he, when he stood in my face, I was that's the closest it really got. He stood there and he made Nicky Sanderson a girl pick me up. But he soon realised how to get to me. He's very, very smart. He's a really, really smart guy. And we get on great now. We're friends. I speak to him on a regular basis. He's a, he's a lovely fucking fella. He's a diamond. Someone, I, I, you know, I call a friend and I don't have many of them. Uh, and he, he just worked, he worked out very early on. He couldn't get to me by doing things to me. Anything he told me to do physically, I would do. And I would half have a smile on my face when he asked me to do them. The more pain you put me through, the better it gets. Because you'll break before me, even just telling me to do it. But what broke me fit with the worst was when he, he made the, the smallest scale put me on her shoulders and walk with me on her shoulders. And at the time I was 17 and a half, I was 17 and a half stone. So I've never watched it back. I, I can never watch myself back on TV. So when he put it on my shoulders, he'd done it the first time in the yard and I called him a coward. I said, you fucking coward, absolute coward. Making 
he had me. I shouldn't have showed him. I showed him my, my colours. I, I nailed me fucking flag to the floor there. And and the next time he done it was on the hill. And, and, and I said to him, you fucking absolute coward, yeah? You and uh, that's what I said to him. And he said, are you going to say, are you going to do something? And I got, I walked right up to him. We were right here. And I thought it's only going to take one here. I just put one on you <laughs> like you are out like a light. And it was but just Tony, is right it not like, just, right just, just watching it recently. It's smaller oh. than me. And do you know, the only oh, reason, I swear on me kids, the only reason I never belted them was pure. I had so much respect for them, I did. But the one thing that, the biggest thing that I didn't hit them for that day was purely for the fact of, Everyone expected me to, and once again it comes in. I want to prove everyone wrong, because if I belt him on that show, everyone goes, "He's a fucking thug, Tony." But you can't hold him out. You can't hold his tongue. Good telly, that'd have been great telly, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been gold. Do you know what? Like, could you imagine if he took it and belted me back? That when I hit the floor, because <laughs> there's a good fucking chance <laughs> he could <laughs> have. Fucking get John, <laughs> John Fashion Year was on that one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was a bit of a fucking odd job. Uh, yeah, he was an odd ball. Is, is it? Is it not like I've just been watching it recently, and you know, you see Ant Middleton sort of just going calling Ulrika Johnson and Kerry Katani, you fucking stupid bitch, get up and da 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 da. And then the next minute he's giving them a hug in the, well, the, the next minute he's giving them a hug in the back and going, like, I'll see you in Soho House on Friday, it's great, you know. So is he not just one of the celebs and it's all for sure? No, mate, honest to God, he's not. I mean, he's a, he's the most legitimate, genuine man you, you could meet. And he's game as fuck, he knew. If I belted him, he was definitely belting me back. We were having a roll, we were definitely having a roll around. It's not like all security was going to come in. He kept getting warned off the other lads, off, off Jason, uh, Foxy, Billy. They all kept warning him and saying, you've got to get, he, told, he only told me this later after the show. Everyone kept saying, you've got to get rid of him because he's different than anyone else we've had on the show. If he loses his shit, he's a problem that not just one of us are going to be able to deal with. It's going to take a few of us, and some of us could get hurt. And I always understood that, but he didn't realise the amount of respect I had for all of them. So I would never have belted one of them. The only way I would have attacked one of them is if they attacked me first, and then I'd, and then that would have been it. That would have been like a fucking wild dog. But I just had so much respect for them, mate, and I still do. I love them all. They're absolutely brilliant. They got me through a shit part of my life at a shit time. It's a great show for peeling back your layers and re- revealing your true character, isn't it? Yeah, That's definitely. what I always think. You, people's true colours come out every single time. Because there's nowhere to hide, is there? So no. you kind of your true emotions come out even if you've been going through a tough ride, which you probably have mm. been. I was, mate. I really was. And do you know what? As I say, because I've never watched it back, I don't know how they portrayed me on it. I've never seen, The only bit I've ever seen was through social media where I had to drop out of that helicopter and I'm looking at him, and as I'm dropping back, I'm just staring at Ant, as if to say, you prick, you've got me dropping out of a helicopter, you know I'm scared of heights. <laughs> uh, and that's the only thing uh, I've seen, but it, they're brilliant what they do. Them them lads who have, that, who have been that level of soldier at that height, they're not just soldiers who go out and kill people. The psychologists, the, the fucking the elite-level soldiers, the professionals, the... The marksman, the everything wrapped into one. You don't become getting the SAS because you're just good at shooting someone or you're just good at killing. They like they can adapt to so many different ways and people, and they were all fantastic, mate. They really were. I mean, Ollie Ollerton's story. If you want to read or listen to an audio book or read a book, his story about how he went into Thailand and and freed them kids from paedophile rings was just oh, mate. 
I just I thought, what a man. I mean, I wouldn't mind being him for a day. He went in there and done things that in Thailand where these paedophile rings were going on and he got like 10 kids out safe and the American government got wind of what he'd done and said, we'd give you £2 million to stop these things going on and one and a group of six men done more in one night than our £10 million has done for years and how many years. And it was just like, it just put things into perspective. It's in his book anyway, the Ollie Ollerton's book. I think it's Battle, Battle Red or something like that. But it was, uh, yeah, mate, just, just certain things like that. It was amazing, but good experience. I know people keep asking me now, I don't watch them kind of shows. Like, I'd never seen it before, and I've never seen any of it after. I, I stayed really close with one person from that show, uh, Leon Leon Roll, Locksmith from Rudimental. Me and him remain close. We... I, the girls were great and a couple of the lads were sound as well but I had so much in common with him we, we've grown up we're from broken homes similar back, backgrounds environments uh, so we just gone on we're still really good mates to this day we try and get together once a month uh, and we speak every week on the phone so yeah I mean some good did come of it so I take it we're not going to see you on Strictly Come Dancing anytime soon ah you fuck I've been offered and said no <laughs> Oh, that I show is just that. the fucking on, capital of the way of the way divorce. <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> true indeed. You, that, that, that's not to, in the plan. Do you want to, you want to grind closely with another woman on telly <laughs> from Russia with very long blonde legs? Absolutely not, my dear friend. Not, yeah. not, not. Listen, Tony, I want your view on this because I know you're not a fan of pretenders and particularly invaders and people in your sport. And I think I read an article in the Daily Mail a few years ago maybe not as long ago as that, particularly with the Paul brothers on the circuit. Uh, I don't know what you make of this kind of, essentially, gamers, influencers, um, having a go at your sport, even though they, they probably, like you, are students of the sport and they love it and they respect it and they would have watched your fights and, and love you know people like you. But they're earning serious cash. Can you blame them for what they're doing? I mean, that, I mean to be fair, that, that article in the Daily Mail uh, was the Daily Mail tone, which disappoints me. The Daily Mail, because my grand once told me that the serial number on the front of the Daily Mail gave you an idea of how many there are in the United Kingdom. Um, but that article was published. <laughs> That's not my view. If people from the Daily Mail are listening, it was my grand and she's dead. But um, go on, Tony, your, your view on that. I know it is. <laughs> So you can ask me a question, or he's just going to tell me some freaky shit. <laughs> no, I just want—I I just want to know what you make of it because it's—it's becoming of these more. These YouTubers and more... on YouTubers yeah. fighting. Well, yeah, because because that all, seems the future. Is it people? There is a market for it. There's a hunger for it for some reason. Of course, of course, there's always going to be a market for freaks doing freaky things. Uh, what what I will say is, it's not. It's not boxing first and foremost. Can you show me one boxer he's actually beat or one boxer he's actually fought? I mean, I get mixed up between it, which one. Uh, the guy who's won all his fights, he's getting guys from the mixed martial arts world sticking boxing gloves on them and getting in a boxing ring and saying it's a boxing match. I mean, who's who's the, what boxer has he faced? Where his brother, on the other hand, has just literally thrown himself right in the deep end and faced every fucking boxer you can imagine and being beat how many times, but he is facing boxers. So I've got no problem with one of them calling himself a boxer because he's been in a ring with Floyd Mayweather, for fuck's sake, which is as crazy as it sounds he has. And then you've got the other fella who's fought Tyrone Woodley. Uh, what's the other Ben Askren. Ben Askren, Jesus Christ, oh my Lord. I mean, he's just a wrestler, isn't he?
yeah, he's a wrestler, but I mean, did you see the build up when when he pushed him across the face, and as he turned round, he slapped him on the back twice, and it was, it was brilliant to watch. It's brilliant to laugh at. But I haven't watched the actual fight because I can't, because that's not boxing. That is just a freak show. You know, it's a circus. It's it's it's, it's madness. But is it diluting a, boxing? Is it diluting what's happening? No, at the it, top it doesn't end of reflect boxing. to boxing in any way, shape, or form. I'll tell you what's going to happen though. Someone's going to get hit, and then it'll be boxing that gets the backlash. Right now, no one's really taking it serious as boxing matches. Everyone's just going, these are just gang of lunatics pretending. It's like me turning up at a nightclub on a Saturday, having a dance and then labelling myself a dancer. It's no different to what these guys are doing. If I go out Saturday night to have a boogie in in the nightclub, you know, am I a professional dancer? I'm a bollocks, no. I'm I'm still shite and and the nightclub's still shit too. So, (laughs) uh, it's just, it, it is what it is. But, what will happen is someone will get hit in this environment. It is going to happen. And when it does, it will be boxing that suffers massively for it. Yeah. Well, I want to speak to you about a couple more bits of boxing. Um, are we going to see you? I think I know the answer to this, but you've kind of already alluded to the fact that you you miss certain elements of boxing. Are we going to see Bellew in the future? Bearing in mind, you're no. still really a spring chicken. Uh, but I mean, you know, Roy Jones Jr. would have said that. Mike Tyson would have said that. You know, David Hay, your best mate David Hay's coming out for another little <laughs> dance again. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Of course, everyone's got a price. Do I envision myself back in there? No. I'm not the kind of person you're going to fuck about with. So you see these kids like... Jake Paul or Logan, whatever his name is, he's not going to put it on me at an event or something like that because he knows exactly what's going to go down. I'm going to chin him the minute he steps to me. There's not going to be like, oh, what are you saying, you dick? Or I'm going to push you and bang you to sleep. What's the need for the fight? You've just been knocked spark out. I'm probably in handcuffs. Uh, and then, you know, that's how it rolls. So these people aren't going to approach me. Uh, but Tony, I don't, even, I don't even mean the YouTubers at this stage. I mean also, like when you look at Roy, well, whatever we call that Roy Jones Jr. and, and oh. Mike Tyson fight, you know, whatever we call Tony Ben's comeback. But when you speak to someone like Tony, you know, he genuinely believes it, Tony, doesn't he? He, he believes it. You listen to him, he, he, well, the impression that you get, you know, he's not coming back for money. He doesn't need the cash, or some of them do. You mean, I know, Nigel, I you mean Nigel or do you mean... Sorry, you mean sorry, Nigel. Nigel. Nigel, Nigel, Nigel Ben Nigel, and then there's Mike Tyson and Roy. Well, sitting with Roy Jones, I commentated with him on the week to fight the other week. Now, Roy Jones Jr., in my opinion, is the greatest fighter who's ever laced on boxing gloves. He's the most equal fighter in offense and defense. And I'm talking about a prime Roy Jones Jr., not the guy that these scavengers feasted on at the end of his career when he was absolutely shot to bits. I'm talking about a prime Roy Jones Jr., the one who deals with the likes of John Ruiz, Montel Griffin, James Tony, all them people before him. Uh, that was a true legend of the game. It, it's I, I see where you're going with it, and I understand what you're trying to get at, but not really. No, I, I just I don't need it. I don't want us to be any part of it. Uh, if David calls me name or something like that again, which he won't do, because he's not soft. He's been dealt with twice, not once but twice. <laughs> then you know it is what it is. But no, I just can't say. I, I promised the kids mate I'd stop. And I know that sounds, oh, Bellew's just going on about his kids again and shit like that. But, mate, I, I was never someone who'd done things in halves. So when I went into training camp, I was in training camp. I wanted to kill the world for 12 weeks. I hated everything and everyone. I'm not someone who can switch it on and off. I'm either all in or I'm all out. And right now, for the last two, nearly three years in November, I've been all out. 
don't get me wrong, I'm training hard again at the minute and I'm training like a fucking maniac for a reason that will soon come out in the public domain. I'm not going to have a fight. It's not going to be against some titter YouTuber. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've got I've got things to prepare for and get in shape for, so... Strictly. Fuck off. And absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> You've done the jungle, haven't you? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, and I, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've, I've rejected that a couple of times because, in all honesty... I just yeah. don't fucking like spiders. I don't like snakes. <laughs> yeah. I don't like rats. I mean, you would literally, I would scream the fucking house down. So I, you just don't need to sit. And you could just know the minute I went in there, big hard case boxer as I'm professed to be, which I'm not. I've never claimed to be this big tough guy ever. I would be screaming to high heaven, mate, and that would just be every single challenge would be at my fucking doorstep, wouldn't it? So I'm not going to lie, mate. Everyone would just go hungry in the camp. I wouldn't give a shit. Uh, I've starved before. I'll starve again. You can bring your, wa- your waist size down again. Mate, I would go out of there a fucking 28 waist if I went in there. I'm telling you now. Hey, t- Tony, right? So, um, yeah. Like, we recently retired. Me and Mark recently retired from rugby. And okay. I, I think a lot about the things that I miss from from sport. And I think, like, one of the things I miss is being conditioned to impact, to, like, okay. to be hurt. I know, I know it sounds stupid, Doesn't. but I miss, I miss pain, right? That's the, the only thing I miss out of sport. I, I don't miss training. I don't miss the game. I miss fucking bleeding or being sore or all of that. So how how for you, right? I, you know, and, I, and we did a, a team sport where, you know, it's like part of it, but it's not the main part of it. For someone like you, right, mm. it, it is every part of what you did. How the fuck do you ever replace that? How do you replace the conditioning that you've got for that? Do you know what, what I'm doing is at the minute I'm training differently than I've ever trained before in my life. So I'm, I've got a kid working with me at the minute. His name's called Luke Powell. He's a shred fast. A training program that he's got and it's a different type of training than I've ever done before it's body weight work because my body's absolutely fucked and you, you, your bodies will be fucked as well the amount of impact and stress that you, listen you should go through 10 car crashes a game it's fucking it's madness the amount of impact and, and smashes you guys have so I get it because I understand day in day out I'd go through them similar things myself like you did Uh the training I'm doing now has been a big help. It's ve- it's so hard, I'm not going to lie. It pushes me to my absolute limit. Like, I'll spew up on numerous occasions. It's that hard, uh, even if it's just body weight. But then I'm working a lot with kettlebells at the minute. Uh, just all kinds of resistance stuff. He's really good at what he does, this kid. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he's, a, he's a young genius. But that's what I've been helping to fo- get me to focus at the minute. Nothing will ever replace that impact and smash what you want i'm not gonna lie to you nothing because i haven't i actually still miss and i never ever thought i'd say this but i miss getting punched in the face how fucking stupid does that sound like if someone said to me right now i'll give you one you can give me one i'd I'd bite the hand off i'd take it in an instant i wouldn't care how fucking big it was or whatever (laughs) i'd say let's go get these gloves on don't want to get punched without gloves on. Fuck that. I mean, that that's going to fuck me face up even worse than it's already fucked up. But boxing glove on, I would take one to give one right now. I wouldn't give a fuck how big they were. Or even a body shot, a body spa. But I can't do it because I know it'll drag me back in. Uh, for you guys, 
do something with training that you haven't look at a different aspect or a different part of training that you haven't done before challenge yourself to different things yeah. uh, I've started playing golf fuck me I'm sorry I did but I've started taking it seriously <laughs> and it's doing me bastard not in fucking hardest game so, in the world. so have you John Wilkins, Wilkins doing that as well um, yeah, mate me, me plan I'm not going to lie when I first got into golf I said to them listen I'm just trying to clock the game and clocking the game for me will be if I hit a ball so hard it explodes. If I can do that, <laughs> I've clocked the game of golf. I'm nowhere near it yet. Well, I've finally realised that. <laughs> no, I'm not, it no. doesn't matter how hard no, you hit it. <laughs> You're not a winner. You're nowhere near it. <laughs> so now I'm actually now conditioned. I'm starting to do better. I've scored under 100 for the first time. I hit a course the other week for 91. Uh, I'm nice, getting good. better, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting pars, I'm getting birdies now and again. I'm taking me time. Um, that that's been a big thing. It's just finding the bastard time to get to get round. <laughs> Listen, Tony, we kept you so long, but we've got to talk to you about um, uh, AJ Usyk and a, a man that yeah. you got in the ring with, and it was brilliant. I love one. I love I love the romance the bromance between you two because there's something really weird there and it's just fascinating to watch but and you were you were one of the first people he hugged ringside yes. after um, after yeah, beating I mean, AJ he's, Spurs he's at the guy, weekend you know, we go, in all the people that have fought in all the people that have boxed and I've boxed world champions European champions oh, you name it I've bought them unified champions heavyweight fucking champions of the world uh, he's the one guy in the pros I didn't want to hurt didn't stop me trying but he's, I just didn't want to hurt all the other fights I wanted to kill them why is that the faces right in but with him i had such admiration and respect uh i don't know what it is whether it was when i sparred him when i was on gb and he was ukraine uh he come over to me at the end and i i, I want aj to win it i've known aj a long long time and, and josh just chose the wrong tactics on the night and didn't employ them right a uh, completely wrong thing to do but if it was going to be anyone else i'd have wanted it to be alexander that's you know the the respect that I have for him. Even though he's beat me, uh, he's just he's phenomenal, mate. I'm happy for him. I really am. No one deserves it more than him. The boy's a fucking genius, an absolute genius. He's a fucking freak of nature. I just can't explain how good he is. I mean, I, I'm, I, I've got a really really good boxing brain. As I said before, I, I'll, I can figure a fighter out pretty quickly. I can adapt a, a certain style and I can tell you how to beat them. I can't always do it, but I can tell you how to do it. Uh, but with him, he was something else. Never have I encountered anything like that. And, and before anyone says it yet, yeah, I was beating them after eight rounds. When I got stopped, I was ahead on the cards. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it wasn't an eight-round fight. It was a 12-round fight. And guess what? I was fucked in that eighth round. Who wins a rematch then between him and AJ? If he has a boxing match, he'll lose every time. He cannot box that boy. He's not a... But he, he, no one is going to outbox Alexander Usyk. Nobody. There's not a better boxer than him, period. He's only going to lose because of size and strength deficiencies. Because people are just too big and too strong. That's how he'll lose. No one's going to outbox him. Purely for the fact of no one's got better feet. No one's got better judgment at distance. And you know what? No one's a better punch picker at the time that he picks the punches. He just he rattles them off. It's just brrr, brrr, and your head's going all over the place and you don't know what the fuck to do. He's just he's mate, I can't I can't describe. I've faced so many good fighters in my life, sparring, training, fighting. He was a cut above everyone. 
and when I boxed him, yes, I've done really well. And I've, I've only ever watched it back twice. The second time was literally last month to do a playback for the zone. And I thought, fucking hell, lad, I actually done well against them, didn't I? And then until I seen that eighth round, and I was fucking laid down, mate. But it was going <laughs> so well. <laughs> but he's just brilliant at what he does. You can see him. He, I, I told AJ, I was in AJ's camp last Thursday to watch his last spa. And I said, you have to get on this kid and make him feel what a heavyweight is. If you try and box him, you are going to lose. <clears throat> and, and he, and he, he chose to he chose to box yeah. me. He just he chose to have a boxing match with him, and he has to just jump on him and just let the shots go. AJ is the only one in the world who's athletically good enough to jump on him and land. What Fury will do now? Fury will probably beat Alexander Usyk, but he will only beat him because he's just so fucking big. He's six foot nine and he's twenty stone. I mean, if he puts his arm out, you physically can't get near him. You can't get, you can't touch him. He's that big. He's not a better boxer. He's not a better fighter. He's like Valuev on crack, yeah. He's just so big, yeah. He's like Valuev with with the feet of a middleweight. He's huge. He's he's ginormous, and it's it just he'll win because he's bigger, and and that's all it's down to. Me. I'm sorry to say that, but that's the way it is with with boxing, and this is what I don't like about it. And I told Alexander on Saturday. I said, honor your rematch and be a man of your word, of course. I said, but walk away. You've got your family and your kids there. Your life's intact. You're rich beyond your wildest dreams. Walk away. He says, my friend, my friend, I am only just beginning. I said, please, oh, lad, fucking hell. That's scary. So I, I, mean, I just said, just it, stop because he, there's no more he can do. And the only reason this man's going to lose is because he's not big enough. And no fighter, this is why weight divisions exist in boxing. No fighter should ever yeah. lose purely because he's not big enough. He shouldn't lose because what, someone was he should six lose three? Because Sorry. He's about six three, Usyk. He's the exact same height and build as me, yeah, he's six foot three. Well I was gonna he's say he is you. He, he he's he's you, he's a cruiserweight trying to be a heavyweight. You know, that's exactly what you were yeah. trying to do towards the end. I mean, the, the the thing's fascinating with those two because I remember sitting in the XL Arena twenty twelve and watching Joshua win that gold medal at heavyweight and then watching Usyk the day I think it was the day on the same day or the day before we winning the superweight yeah. title. And and I remember sitting with Mark Pugach and we were like, fuck me, these two guys and then look look at the journey they've both been on. But tell yeah. me where I'm wrong here, because this is the way I was thinking about it the other the other couple of nights of AJ's journey now, which is also interesting because he signs that career long, you know, uh the contract the day before with Eddie yeah. Hearn with Matchroom, yeah. So like he's in it for the long haul. And of course the setback and the comeback. I mean you've been in the Creed film, you know, it's gonna make a great story because he's gonna have to have that setback and the comeback which will sell and it will be marketable. But yeah. and I mean this in the nice nicest way possible. Fury and um and Usyk of two fucking loons. I mean that is the most marketable fight ever. That if, if that if they get a trilogy out of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, they'll get a trilogy out of Usyk against Fury because you know that that could be one all going into a brilliant third one. So does well, then AJ, this is the question to you, Tony, does AJ have to sit back and wait for that trilogy to take place? He, him then being 32, 33, and then try and take all four off the winner of those two and maybe fail. Is that is that his only the, route back? The mad the mad thing is no because AJ's the guy who fills the stadiums and that'll never change. AJ's the guy who sticks 60, 70, 80, 90,000 people in an arena every single time. Uh, with Fury, you know, they can't give the tickets away to watch him fight Wilder. They literally can't give them away. The, the, why? The stadium. Why though? Why? It's just because of his style, mate. When, when you cut it back, Tyson talks the greatest 
that you one of the best yeah. you've ever listened to when, when he talks, when he preaches, when he yeah. speaks. But when he gets actually in the ring, it's not good to watch. No. And against Wilder, everyone's jumping on the Wilder last time out, but and I agree, he was really good against Wilder last time out. But don't confuse that. Joshua doesn't need to say much; he just turns up and knocks you out. That's what he does. Yeah. Or like last time, he gets beat up and gets knocked out. It's exciting either way. With Usyk, it's another big problem. The language barrier that he's now breaking down slowly, but surely he speaks far better English than he's lets on. I wish yeah, I fucking yeah. knew that when I fought him. He kidded the bollocks <laughs> off me again there. <laughs> but that's a big blocking for him. Him and Fury, it's mad because Fury dressed up as Batman coming out against Vladimir Klitschko. And Usyk dressed up as the Joker coming out against AJ. So it's like Batman being joking. You couldn't write it, could you? But... It's a me it's a mega mega fight, but Anthony Joshua will be in, will still be in everyone's thoughts because he's such a commodity, he's such a big popular fellow, mate. And as I say, no one's going to Wembley Stadium without AJ on board. It because you just you just don't want to do it. They won't want to take the risk or run the gauntlet. Fury and Usyk is a is a, is an amazing, intriguing fight, but it will not be exciting. It will be pretty horrendous to watch. That's just down to styles. That's just the way it will be. Everyone will still want to watch it just to see what will happen. But trust me, it, it won't be good to watch. Fiori's got an awful lot to contend with going into this third Wilder fight as well. I only found out in the last 48 hours about how tough his personal life has been these last few months. I didn't know because I don't pay much attention to social media, believe it or not, or what's going on in people's personal lives. I've got so much going on in my own. Uh, to hear of his young child in hospital, uh, in Alderay Hospital, that's not far from here. It was very hard, and to see his mind here, there and everywhere. He's back and forth to America in his training camps. He's got an awful lot going on in his life, so I just hope his mind's right, and he's on it when he gets in that ring with Dick Wilder for the third fight, because if he is on it, he doesn't lose a second of any round, and he just boxes the head off him, because Wilder's just a big, dangerous lunatic. He doesn't have any technical skill or ability whatsoever, but he had, and he's a, he's a complete one-trick pony. But believe you me, mate, it's a hell of a fucking trick. Because if that trick hits you, mate, you wake up in an ambulance and it's night night. So it's just. Would you, would Flash? Would you like to see Wilder punch Will? You know, just clean. I'd like to see just most clean. people punch Will. Actually. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, not, very, that's not very nice, John. You, you, you just need to be in that dressing room environment again, and, and you like yeah. need to collide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to see somebody punch well. I don't know who. That's the so it's we, 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 a flicker in the air. <laughs> you tried to you tried to uh <laughs> Tony's too. Did you nice two to play your whole how many did you two play together? Yeah. We played yeah, together yeah. at Sir Helens for about three yeah, or four yeah. years, yeah. Three and or four years. Yeah. So and you and just against each other and, and Mark Mark the pretty one, not the one who looks like a shit Tom Hardy. Mark knocked the shit Tom Hardy out when they played against each other. Oh yeah. now you're talking. Now you're talking. John, John, John came talking. for me, and then I just braced, and then he fucking went. No, no. It was like uh, <laughs> what, 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 like Will would be if Wilder. What we're talking about here, Tony, is I went to be very, very aggressive towards Mark, and I yeah. just caught his shoulder. Whereas Mark, you know, I mean, down. Mark was passive. Mark was passive, whereas I was like, <laughs> "Fucking get this into you." Yeah. Pa you got, passive you aggressive. Got knocked to the fuck out, lad. Well, not really, but you, you, well, well, we need to talk about this. 
because you've dined out and the fact you knocked me out, you basically knocked myself out. How I many times have you been knocked out in your careers? I, I knocked myself oh, out. How many? How many times? Five. How many times? Combined. Ten. Combined. Ten. Five or ten. But then I've, I think most games I'd have like a little, you know, when you just buzzed and you Buzz. start and you don't know where you are for a couple of minutes and then you find. Yeah. Did that, that happen much in training yeah. for you guys? I I got um, I don't think I got that time training. Yeah, nah, nah, not me. Does that I'd worry you? Big ones, Tony. Did it, did it, no, I'm intrigued because no. first of all, I'm, not, I'm asking purely based on me fucking son. I mean, he's 13, and I'm thinking yeah. if he gets good at this rugby, I'm just trying to plug as much out of YouTube as I can to find out if I'm going to pull him out now or pull him out in five years' time. Because fuck that, mate. That sounds rough. Nah. Knocked out off someone's nah. shoulder. <laughs> but it's it's definitely boxing's it's out the window for them. I wouldn't let them box. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you see, oh, really? your sport is such an honourable sport. That's why I really like it. I don't know everything yeah. about it. And when I'm watching my son, I'm asking the coach for this. This should this happen? So like this kid's kicking balls, legging it over. Like a pass got given offside yesterday, and I was furious because the ref didn't give it, and it was clearly offside. And I was dying to go, "Hey, wanker, you know what you're playing at?" But he was a ref for their side. And like <laughs> when I said, "Hey," the parents just looked at me. And I just thought, oh, okie dokie, I couldn't even say hey, but I was going to call him a few <laughs> words. I, I, I didn't do that. I just you thought, stopped at W. <laughs> I went, hey. And it just as soon as I felt that, I thought, okay, this isn't like the match. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't do it's it. not but... like Goodison. <laughs> I didn't. I said to myself, but it's just such an honourable sport to say. You have so much respect for referees. I'm not sure how it goes with fans and whatever have you, but... Um, what I will say, I'm going on Friday. Uh, I'm going to St. Helens on Friday to watch the game. So, well, oh, nice. what, it, is, it is this Friday, isn't it, boys? Yes. Yeah. Playing, um... It's this Friday, the semi-finals. Okay. Yeah, yeah semi-finals, yeah. Yep, so I'm going this way. Well, I was about to say to you, Tony, can we not get you down? Are you coming to the grand final? Coming to grand final at Old Trafford on the 9th of October? It's the 9th of October. Against, um, Smith, isn't it? I can't meet because I'm working well, the boxing. Boxing. Smith, boxing. Smith is fighting Fowler that night and I'm working for the zone. Uh, but I'm yeah, there yeah. I'm there this Friday. If it's a Friday night, is it a, so it's Saturday the 9th of October? Saturday, Saturday, yeah. Old Trafford, yeah. yeah. That's a sickener. No, mate, I can't be there. But uh, I'll be there for the semi-final. I'm going to watch Tommy. Uh, as I say, my boy thinks he's amazing. Well, I think he's amazing. I think all you boys, to, to do the levels you do at and how he's having... If you have a fight, do you get sent off in rugby straight away? Or does the referee yeah. half, half you do now. all right, let you it go? Do you do now. You do now. A few years ah, ago, you okay. do. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, hockey a bit. If, if, yeah, if you get on YouTube, Tony, if you watch yeah. uh, the 2004 Good Friday Wigan Saints uh, yeah. derby, and that's that's what it used to be like. So wow, you, you used to be able that. to... 2004 used, used to Wigan, Wigan Saints. Wigan Saints okay. derby. And, it, and if and you get right bro. to the start... If you get right to the start of it and you see a really skinny fucking weedy kid getting battered, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of it. So at what point did this change and 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 why is it changed then? I mean, obviously well, sports, safety you're gonna say to me. Sports, yeah, it's sanitized, isn't it? We we were obsessed with sanitizing sport. A bit like what you were saying there, Tony, about your your son. You know, you're conscious about the welfare of your son. Well, yeah. I think um, that ripples through, doesn't it? Where there's there's that 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 consciousness of welfare to like senior athletes is there, but like I knew the risks when I started, 
like I'm I'm not a medical professional, but I, I, I'm aware of the risks of of, of playing contact sport, and mm. and and even when I knew how bad it could be, like multiple surgeries or whatever, I still did it because mm. I fucking loved it. So Don't get me I wrong, when my son goes on that pitch, I want him to kill everything and smash, like I tell him, yeah. smash, I say to him, oh, you smash someone, the less they're going to want to come near you. So I, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I, when he's on it, it's just, I worry. I, so, your, cause, so your lad is knocking everyone out then. He's the problem. He's yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean well, he's, he's thirteen years old, and I know. Retire, lad. <laughs> when I see, when I see, you know, when I turn up and you see the parents of us both, see, like I've got my kids tattooed on my arms. Uh, obviously, the names and stuff like that. But I've a couple of times I've turned up and they've got ringers. Now I will quite honestly say, there's the kid's name, his, his age, and his tattoos on my arm, just so you can see. I make sure it's not that right because I've got one sixteen, and you could honestly say, let's see your other arm, then he claim that's him. But he's six foot two, he's thirteen, and he's a size twelve shoe. He's six foot two at thirteen. Yeah, he's six, well six foot one, what? six foot two, but he's a size twelve shoe at thirteen, and he fucking oh and he's quick. quick. Like he's quick. I knew he was quite quick because I've always been a slow runner, but when I sprint, I can I can more right over ten yards. He's out sprinting me now, and I try and yeah, like I took him for a jog, and he's what's he called? His name's Kobe. Kobe Bellew. He's we not. Remember, he's not a we great player. Remember player that yet. name then, do we? Oh, mate. Hopefully one day, but no, he's not that. He's studying it loads at the minute. He's obsessed with Jonah Lomu and, and some other players, studying them on YouTube, watching them, watching them. Uh, but technically not up to date with it. So, you know, he's got to get into the rhythm of, of passing properly and spinning the ball when it's passed properly and all the technical side of your game and onside, offside. You know, he wants to just step over and rip the ball. When the kids are on the floor, he'll literally step over and take the ball off them. But he's got to realise that you've got to be in the right position and you can't just, like, walk yeah, over yeah, to yeah. the side of the scrum and then just take the ball. So little things like that. But he has the natural attributes, of course. I mean, I just wish he had my fucking want to kill the world. That shoot, he's so nice. Like, I've seen him <laughs> mow kids down and then go, are you okay? And I'm like, fucking run. Go and score the try. It doesn't matter if he's on the he's floor not. asleep. Just um, keep running. <laughs> and he doesn't, mate. He asks kids, are they okay when he's ran over them? And I'm just like, can't do that, mate. You, you know, celebrate. Run past them and celebrate when you've knocked them over. But yeah, he doesn't. That's me so coming out to him. We've kept you for so long, man. I really appreciate you spending an hour yeah, and a bit awesome. with us. Um, awesome, look, man. I love awesome. love listening to you, Tony. Love listening to the passion and everything that goes oh, with boys, it. You're a great you. lad. I've absolutely a loved it. Career, so mate. half an hour and, turned um, into an hour. Right, are you boys going to be there on Friday? Maybe yeah, John will be there with you. Yeah. If you guys I hope you are. Lad, I will be there. I may get you a couple of tickets. Use a fucking place. Just walk up and walk in. If yeah, I played like you, just bounce up. They don't care about me. Is it? Is it that bad? They don't give you the, the no, it's credit. Not, it's no, not, no, it's not. It's not. Phone the bastard club and yeah. tell them let you in. They fucking invite me all the time, and I've never yeah. been able to go. But I want to go. This is the first time I've ever been to a proper rugby <laughs> match. So I just, just but listen, just come with me. Fuck it. Just we all just bounce up together. What are you going to say? You're not getting in. I'll say who you yeah. fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> so these two are not out, out of use, and then you've got to get to me after them. <laughs> Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Been, Thank yeah. you very, Top very man, much. Tony. I'm Cheers, going to mate. do what you've told me to do and just go see you. Ta-da! Right, so boys, next week. Next week, the next 5th week. of October, 
We are doing our first and last and final and first live podcast in front of an audience. Um, We don't know how many people were there. I'm hoping Captain Jibbers will turn up. I'm hoping there'll be at least one and a half people there. Um, And this is going to be at the Seven Brothers Taproom and Brewery. If you know it, it's in Salford. If you don't, Google it. Give you the postcode right now if you want. M51DS. Check it out. Uh, Come down. It's free. (laughs) Completely free. Completely so free. So <laughs> if you don't know it, I'll give you it now. M fifty one DS. Good memory. It's free. That, it? so well. it's Stick free. it in your postcode. It's free. It's free, Mark. Thank wow. you for asking. It is free. Entry's free. Um, Mark may even buy you a beer, but you can get yourself Probably a beer not. as well, and you can sit there and watch the podcast go out live. Go out live. It's history in the making, John Wilkin. Are you going to turn yes. up, John? Actually, for this. Don't know. Maybe. It's free, isn't it? So probably, probably. It's free I, for I, you I, as I, well. I have, a habit, oh. I have a habit of turning up for things that are free. Salford is live as well, so they'll be yeah. all over it. It's a good little, you get a good little drop down there, Mark. I think, do you know the Seven Brothers Tap Room? Oh, fantastic. Brewery? Fantastic beer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice beer. Fantastic nice beer. Nice beer. People. We can great have a few people. beers, can't we? We'll have a few beers. Mm. Great Seven people. <laughs> great, great people. Seven brothers have made some brilliant. Should we have, should we have a competition of the three of us? Who can drink the most beer before going drink on? Drink the more beer. Who, who could drink seven beers amongst brothers? I could drink Together. seven brothers. Oh, dry! You drink seven brothers dry. Yeah, that's another podcast for another. Anyway, <laughs> please come down because it'll be fun, and it's the last week of the season. We're building up, of course, to the grand final. We're going to do a live one for the grand final. Mark, you'll be there. John's not, because he's got another. He's got a better offer. He's doing something for the BBC and Sky, got and everyone else will pay him. gig elsewhere, whatever. Yeah. What are we going yeah. to do if nobody comes? <laughs> we'll just get drunk and do a podcast on our own, which, I mean, look, we've done that in our rooms for the last two years. So. <laughs> Essentially, we're just recreating exactly what we've done in the last 12 months. In a brewery. In a brewery. Yeah. With nobody there. <laughs> yeah, lobely. Don't be negative. They'll be there. J- Jibbers, if you don't turn up, you're dead to me forever. But Jibbers, look, there's plenty Jibbers of people. If, 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 if we say Salford, Mark, give, some, give us some sort of directions. You've been there before. It's not far from Media City, is it? Just near Media City, <laughs> near the docks, <laughs> travel centre, ski slope just around there. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Just, That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. good. If, if anybody's in the area, just drive to where there's like a vacuum of laughter and that's where we'll be. <laughs> so there'll be all sorts of there'll be, there'll be activity going on. What does that on. sound like, a vacuum of laughter? It's like a bit like a death eater, a bit like a death eater on right. Harry, Harry Potter, isn't it? Just, just sucking the life out of the space. That'll be where we are. You'll find us. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to it, Mark. I know you'll be there. You're, you're my band brother, John. I'm not, I wouldn't, if I, you know, if I had one last bet on this planet, I wouldn't say you're definitely going to be there. But I hope you will be, and uh, I hope you lot come and. Have a beer with us. It'll be good fun. See you down there. 5th of October, Tuesday, week of the grand final. 